Good morning. Good morning and welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show Radio to open the heart, heal the soul, awaken the consciousness. And it's really just my excuse to say hi to Benny. Hi, Benny. That's hi, not true. There's no excuses <laughs> here. It was meant to be, I should say. Meant to be, meant to be. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's always great to see you. And you too. We are all uh, still alive and well here in Seattle. Yep. Right. Yeah, it's funny. I had visitors last week and they said, are you sleepless in Seattle? I said, no. <laughs> I... <laughs> I don't think there's ever such a thing, really. No, I'm causing trouble in Seattle. That's what I'm doing. Right. That's what life is all about, right? <laughs> anyway, I'm the owner of Reiki Oasis located right here in the greater Seattle area for the last 27 years. So we are still alive and well and going. You can find out all about that at ReikiOasis.com. You can schedule everything at schedule.reikioasis.com. And um, thanks to Indigo Hawk, my webmaster, and uh, for all the good things that techie people do that I don't know how to do. I probably could learn, <laughs> but <laughs> it might take me a while, right? It's kind of how it is. Um, also, uh, I do every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I have a meditation, Sunday meditation with Loretta. And you can sign up at schedule.reikioasis.com. If you cannot be there at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, sign up anyway, because I record the meditations and I'll just send it to you. And then you can listen to it over and over or whenever you want. And uh, we do a variety of meditations. You know, sometimes we meditate with the angels or or sometimes we, we meditate on how to how to feel better. We do energy work, you know, all kinds of things. So it's a variety of things that I... It's just really an offering to people to try to help us uh, make it through and balance our lives. It also helps me balance my life because we're going to talk more about that. What is it like to be, you know, a healthcare worker, and what's it like to be a patient? And oh boy, where do the, you know, wh when are we one and when are we the other? And maybe the lines get blurred. So, um, yeah. Anyway, so hang in there. Right, lots of stuff coming. A uh, little astrology check-in, and then I really want to get my guest on because he's so timely, so timely. So as I mentioned last week, September is a month setting the stage for the things to come for the rest of this very challenging year that has been overseen by Saturn, the planet of structure and karma, and Uranus, the planet of freedom, sudden changes, and doing it differently. So our main theme this year, and I've mentioned this several times, but it's I need to mention it again because we're going into the intensity of it from now until the end of the year. We have the old ways of doing things jam jamming up against the new ways of doing things. And as everybody knows, um, we can get stuck in old ways of doing things, but this energy is not going to let us stay there. It's saying you've got to change something. You've got to do it different now. And I'm going to keep coming at you until you finally um, surrender to that and also step into your own greatness and be who you're truly meant to be on planet earth because that's really what we want on september 7th which was a couple of days ago mercury entered shadow and began to slow down it's not in retrograde it's in shadow it means it's starting to mm, slow down and it goes into retrograde on september 26th and will stay retrograde until october 18th in the air sign of Libra and Mercury is about communication. So air signs are also about communication and thoughts. So 
Mercury is often associated with the throat chakra and communication and just how well are we communicating? Are we, <laughs> are, are we holding back until we just blow? <laughs> Right, I see. I see that, Betty. I see that. It's a possibility, maybe. Possibility, right? <laughs> um, are we just, um, you know, what are we doing? So this is going to be a chance for us to really take a look at that. We we are responsible for what comes out of our mouth. I hate to tell you this. Oops. Right, and it's a <laughs> chance. <laughs> Thanks for laughing, Lee. Yeah, it's a chance to revisit similar themes from June of this year which may come back into our lives on a personal and a global level. And, oh, yeah, yeah, it's here. And today, September 9th, 9-9, a ninth month, the ninth day, which unblocks the numerology code of 99. Nines are numbers of completion, endings, graduations, You've done this section, now it's time for the next thing. And you will need to take what you've learned during this time, I hope you learned something, and, and take it with you into the next section. But I also look at it like, okay, like I'm going on a trip, how much luggage do I really need? <laughs> I am that girl, sorry. <laughs> and so I always have to throw out half of the stuff in my luggage to keep it down to the weight restrictions. And then when I get there, I only wear three outfits anyway. I, I, I don't know what that's all about. So as we are going through this month, I want you to ask yourself, what are you graduating from or to in your life? 99 can also be linked with leadership energy as well. And its vibration allows us to use the wisdom we have gained. Like I said, I hope you gained something and not a bunch of weight to step up and take leadership of our lives in a new way, focus on those areas, and also realize that will be the leadership of our country and our world that's also being affected by all of this. Friday, September 10th, Venus moves out of the air sign of Libra into the water sign of Scorpio. This is always intense. Venus in Scorpio can help us connect with our more sensual side, allowing us to tune into our desires with greater ease and venus and scorpio is a very sensitive placement so we might be feeling extra intuitive or aware of our deepest emotions try to remain stable during this time anchor yourself down in don't don't fall off to the side and on saturday saturday is september 11th 911 it's a 20 year anniversary of a major event on our planet mm -hmm. And I, I recommend that you just take a moment and honor that day. I know there's people out there that have things going on, but you know, all you've got to do is light a little candle and you can do that every day and light your little candle and send your intention out into the world for, for peace. I am a person who has a deep desire for peace and love and to help ease the pain and suffering of the planet. So Saturday, we do have 911 numerology, the ninth month, the 11th day gives us that numerology code of 911, which is known to be the calling of a light worker. Whoa, that nine, that energy of endings, the 11 is the messenger. It's a call. Maybe it's a call for help. Maybe it's an SOS. Maybe it's a call to action. Maybe it is a call to love. But if you are seeing this number code regularly, it could indicate you're being called into your gifts as a healer and a light worker and maybe a compassionate 
caregiver. Who knows? On this day, we can all connect with this energy by acknowledging our own unique healing gifts and the light that each one of us can bring to this world, which our tired world needs it so deeply. And that's a great uh, way to bring in my guest. My guest today is, I'm looking forward to this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, maybe I'll answer that question at the end, but I think right now I'm looking forward to it. My guest today is the award-winning television producer, movie studio executive and owner, former professional athlete, speaker, TED Talk presenter, patient Lee, Lee Tomlinson. And he's alive today due to the combination of a lifetime of extraordinarily effective medical treatment and deeply kind, compassionate care. Unfortunately, during a recent battle with stage three plus throat cancer, patient Lee became painfully aware of the trauma caused by treatment lacking in compassion that drove him to the darkest of depths. What saved him from suicide was a tiny, simple, yet powerful act of compassion delivered by a loving doctor and a friend. Lee has told his story on more than 200 stages around the world, wearing nothing but a hospital gown, which I see you're wearing today. And he is, uh, patient Lee is making a global difference in restoring compassion to healthcare and to mankind. Lee Tomlinson, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here today. Well, Loretta, thank you very much for having me. Uh, given, given that introduction in my medical history, it's great to be anywhere, um, but particularly here and particularly uh, that you're in Seattle, one of my favorite cities on the face of the planet. Thank so, you. Yeah. Oh, that's my that's my book. Yeah, this is the cover of your book for those people on YouTube and for the listeners. Um, the book, uh, uh, Lee has a book out. It's called Compassion Heals from Self-Care to Healthcare. Compassion makes the unbearable bearable. I love this cover, by the way. Who did this artwork? Um, I have an artist friend in uh, Utah, actually, uh, who did it. And, you know, it was such an interesting evolution to figure out how in the world do we convey compassion and she did it beautifully. It is a chasm, and it is what joins us genetically, um, uh, every human being. So getting across that chasm, that's the challenge, you know, in connecting with other human beings. It's our most human need is connection. Yeah, you know, um, uh, I, in a moment, I want you to share a, a bit of your story so people know who you are. But this past year, year and a half, going on to two years, right, with um, all the isolation has really affected people. And um, I was telling Lee before the show, what a timely day for him to come because I've been having conversations with my people in the healthcare field talking about burnout and how tough this year has been on them, let alone how tough it has been on the patients and all of us. So we'll probably you know, discuss that a bit in, in the show, but Lee, can you tell us a bit of your history and and who you are for those people that don't know and how you came to write this book. Yeah, well, I mean, I think your introduction gave a great history. I've been a professional athlete. Uh, I helped open China to trade with the Western world uh, after ping pong diplomacy. Um, I raised tens of millions of dollars for a major not-for-profit in the entertainment industry, award-winning producer, studio owner, developer, blah, 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 blah. 
But what changed my life dramatically uh, was um, on June 23rd, 2012, I went to my ENT for a routine allergy test. I had qualified for the California State Senior Amateur Golf Championships up in Pebble Beach, which if you're a golf addict, like I ashamedly admit, uh, getting to the state championships is a big deal, but my allergies were acting up and I couldn't breathe and I couldn't see and I couldn't hear and I knew I wouldn't play well. So I went in, despite the fact that I hate going to my doctors just because it's always painful, um, I went to get and figure out what I could do to play well. I walked out three hours later with a diagnosis of stage three, stage four throat cancer. Now, <laughs> I was the healthiest guy that ever walked into her office. I was a marathon runner, a mountain climber, um, semi-daredevil. Uh, I never drank. I never, which everybody, oh, do you ever drink and smoke? No, I never smoked except a little bit in San Francisco in the 60s and 70s, but I never inhaled, so that doesn't count. <laughs> nice, um, nice. But I, right? But, <laughs> but uh, here I am in her office, healthy, and all of us, she does a little, she's, oh, oh, Lee, um, you're allergic. You're not going to believe this. You're allergic to grass. What? Grass. Now, for a golfer, that's a curse. Uh, clearly, my wife thought it was divine intervention and that God was <laughs> punishing me for all those days I spent playing golf and not being with her. But so and then she said, can I do one more test? And that's when she discovered this massive tumor at the base of my tongue. Now, with all of I've been hospitalized in six different countries. I've had broken more than a dozen bones. I've had a thumb pulled off. I've had toes amputated. I've had skin grafts, bone grafts, diseases. You get the picture. I've been hospitalized all over the world. But, and I'm used to it. I mean, and I think I'm a pretty tough guy, but boy, cancer kicked my butt. Um, it humiliated me. It made me weep. Um, it literally knocked me onto my knees, let me get up knocked me down again, spit on me. It was humiliating. And at the very end of it, after three months of chemo and 35 straight days of atomic blasts to the base of my tongue, I'd lost 60 pounds, lost my ability to swallow, um, could barely speak. It was too excruciating. Um, and then when things couldn't get any worse, I was admitted to the hospital with an unidentifiable septic infection at the site of my port. Great. Now I'm dying of cancer. Now I'm dying of an infection they can't even identify. My business was a wreck because I couldn't work, obviously. Um, I didn't know if I'd ever speak again. I didn't know if I'd live. And now I'm in a hospital from hell. If there ever was a time when I could have used a little bit of simple human kindness, it was there. Now, I was treated competently. I mean, I'm still alive. But the care that I got, the non-physical uh, side, was as cruel and as inhumane as it could humanly possibly be. And I won't go into all the examples because there's just too many. And we've only got an hour. But it was horrible. And what I discovered is I, I took for granted the fact that my medical providers would be both competent, smart, well-trained, and compassionate. That was just my experience all over my life. So 
when these people in whose um, hands I had put my life decided I wasn't worth simple human courtesy and kindness and compassion, they're gods and goddesses. I assumed they were right, and I didn't. And I decided that the world would be a much better place without me. And I had enough fentanyl patches to put on, go to sleep, not wake up, and leave my family with the proceeds from a major key man life insurance policy at the studio, uh, which would have left them living like kings and queens for the rest of their lives. And that's what I would have done if it hadn't been for an extraordinary, very short conversation that I had with a doctor pal who came to visit the day after I got out of the hospital and did an amazing thing. First of all, he let me simply croak out as slowly as I could speak the story of how horrible it had been. And he didn't say a word. Then when I finally took a breath, put his hand on my arm, lowered his head and apologized to me for the lack of compassion I hadn't gotten in this hospital. Now he had nothing to do with it, but he apologized to me for the lack of care I had gotten. And then he asked my permission. Could I, could I make a suggestion? Sure, Dean. He said, you know, if you do yourself in, he said, um, you'll just be a statistic. And the fact is that compassion is disappearing from healthcare at a rapid, rapid rate. Only 50% of the people in America today say they experience any compassion whatsoever while being treated. And he said, so how about this? Instead of giving up and giving in, how about you fight? And if you live, why don't you do something to see if you can't reverse that trend? And that's when I knew that my life had purpose, that if this man, this gigantic and famous doctor thought I could make a difference in healthcare in the world by bringing compassion back to it, I'm in. And that's what gave me the power. So literally that conversation, that tiny compassionate conversation, literally and figuratively saved my life. And that's how I'm here today. That's how the Compassion Heals uh, movement was formed. That's how uh, those 200 keynotes around the world that I've had the privilege to deliver to every imaginable type of healthcare professional and others. Uh, the book was written, Compassion Heals, From Self-Care to Healthcare, and the documentary with a similar name we're working on, the feature-length documentary we're working on as well, to spread the simple message, compassion heals. It's a choice, and it enriches your life as the giver, it enriches the life and helps heal the receiver, and if it happens in a business situation, it enhances the bottom line. How good is that? So that's kind of how I got to where I am today. I wear this stupid gown, which I hate, <laughs> uh, on all of those 200 stages. Uh, and I do it simply to remind my audiences that as patients, we are literally as vulnerable as we will ever be and deeply humiliated because our butts are hanging out in the back. <laughs> So uh, it, 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 it helps humanize me when I start to speak to my audiences as much as I hate it. I got to tell you, what's interesting is in the 201st, I was as embarrassed as I was in number one. You know, this, I, hate, I even hate it in my own, in my own home. You know, I hate wearing this thing. It's like, it's embarrassing. But that's the point. But that's the point. 
Oh my gosh. Um, you said so many wonderful things, but I'm just giggling like crazy because yes, I have been a patient and I'm sure many listeners have been. And to Most me, the, the, the worst thing is when they say, here, just remove your clothing and put this on. And you're like, what? Like, could it be more vulnerable, more unattractive, more, I don't nope. know. No, no. that's, no. that's, we're, we're already, you know, in a, in a, in an inferior position you know, with these, oh, and by the way, my life is in your hands. I don't care if I go in for an allergy test. You give me the wrong whatever, I could die. So I literally, even though you're not my best friend, I have to trust you implicitly to give you as much information as I can so you can make the diagnosis and hopefully have been trained enough and not be burned out, Yes, which is a major, if not the major cause of a lack of compassion. I love my doctors and nurses. I'm alive because of them. And I, the last thing I'm trying to do is criticize them. But right. what's true is given their personality types, they are deeply caring, sensitive people who got into healthcare with one objective, and that is to relieve the pain of others. They deeply feel empathize with others in pain, and they want to do whatever they can until every human in the world is lacking in pain, and they've solved every problem. They work, 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 and in a system that doesn't honor their health as much as their patients. And when that happens, when they're burned out, they lose their ability. They become emotionally insensitive. They become numb and are incapable of providing the compassion that is essential now we know scientifically yeah. to the best, quickest outcome. So my primary goal is to remind healthcare workers, I love you guys, uh, my life's in your hand. I need you to be healthy so you can give your best to me and your other patients. Yeah, that is so well said. Um, I have heard you know from my clientele because i see everybody um complaints from both sides from healthcare workers and from people who have come in contact with the healthcare system whether they're in the hospital or going to the doctor's office or whatever where the complaint is from both sides loretta i only have like a maximum of 20 minutes to spend with that person maybe three minutes maybe one minute right and it just depends on on their patient load or the, and the person coming in like you say our expectation is that this person knows what they're doing right and they're good at what they're doing and i my life is in their hands because i don't know what they know and so when we are treated in a less than or, or we're dehumanized is what i say yes. or, or you know it's like all of a sudden i'm i'm a big toe or a liver in or something instead of a person yes i'm a person over here you know and then we sometimes forget that that's also a person over there right well you, you know it's so interesting you say that you know i i was once uh, uh i i happened to hear there was a uh our, my attending physician when i was in that hospital had a bunch of interns with him and i could hear him saying okay now we're going to go in, we're going to see an aging white male with advanced cancer and an unidentifiable septic infection at the site. Not Lee Tomlinson's studio executive, um, fabulous golfer in his own mind, um, um, uh, father, um, leader, whatever. 
I was the aging white male. I mean, I felt like a pile of you know what. And um, that was just the start. But you know, it's interesting. Every physician, every nurse, everybody, I don't care. If they come in contact with patients, they have an impact. And everybody says, you know, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. You know, this compassion stuff is great. If you've got hours and days, let me just tell you a quick story. In one of my keynotes from burnout back to brilliance, what my cancer taught me about your joy at work, um, we have a film. And it's an actual head cam or helmet cam of a firefight in Fallujah with our troops that were pinned down and being decimated. There were guys already dead and wounded. And all of a sudden, a fellow gets a soldier gets shot in the throat. A medic jumps up, despite being completely surrounded and, and, and being decimated runs over, grabs that guy, throws him over his shoulder in hot sand, runs him to the evac helicopter, sets him down. But before he lets them take off with him, he gives him a kiss on the forehead. Now, I promise you that that soldier who was conscious when that happened will remember that kiss for the rest of his life. He won't remember the surgeries and the reconstruction and the shots and the stitches, no. But he'll remember that little kiss. Now, how long did that kiss take, which said, bud, I love you. I'm here for you. A nanosecond. It doesn't take long to be compassionate. It takes conscious intention. And again, with 60% of healthcare professionals being burned out and much higher numbers now, yes. your chances of getting compassion, compassionate care are decreasing by the day. And that's why I'm alive is to remind healthcare professionals, you gotta take care of you first, put you first, you're worth it. Put your, your needs first, be as healthy as you can be, then put us first. And we both win. That is so well said. E excellent. So much to talk about with that. So we're going to take a little station break. Um, this is Loretta Brown. My guest today is Patient Lee, also known as Lee Tomlinson. Uh, the amazing. I'm just going to say that because I like to do that sort of thing. And, uh, <laughs> he's got a wonderful. I like movie. amazing. I like yeah, it. I, I like amazing. The amazing. Works for me. Lee Tomlinson, yeah, in his hospital gown, and I can't, I, I love that, your, um, your beautiful book, Compassion Heals, From Self-Care to Health Care, and you're wearing your gown on the cover of that, and I love the fact you're doing a documentary on this, and yes. you just brought out so many, many good points, so uh, please don't go away, we're going to take a little station break and come back, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about compassion, and uh everything that uh, goes along with that. So we'll take a little break. Energy is powerful. It's all around us, mysterious, full of potential. Directing positive healing energy to raise your vibrational rate through Reiki can change your life. Reiki master Loretta Brown has relieved stress, sadness, anger, and even helped clients lose weight, stop smoking, and end sleep disorders. Worldwide, people have sought out Reiki Oasis. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Shelley Flace with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. The nicotine in e-cigarettes is addictive and can harm brain development. That's why I worry about teens who try e-cigarettes. Many young people use pod-based e-cigarettes like Juul, which have high levels of nicotine. And because teens' brains are still developing, they can quickly become addicted. The tobacco industry uses fruit and candy flavors to attract young people, often turning them into lifelong users. For more, visit HealthyChildren.org. Have something important to say? Want to help improve our world? Need to promote your business uniquely and effectively? KKNW is the answer. Our staff helps broadcasters and podcasters create professional-sounding audio. Bring your talent and let our experts help you craft a radio show or podcast that best delivers your message. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. Thank you. Thank you, Benny, for all you do. And welcome back to the original Loretta Brown Show with my guest, Lee Tomlinson, also known as Patient Lee. Patient Lee. Hmm. I have to think about that, Lee. <laughs> and it, 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 it should be impatient patiently, actually, <laughs> if, if truth be known. Uh, I am driven. Well, I think being a patient really tests our patience, right? You know, like not trying to overplay on those words, but it, it definitely no, can true. be. You can wait a long time to get any kind of attention, and 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 you can be pretty miserable. So um, I want to ask you this question because it, it's you know because you kind of alluded to it during the break. So when you're doing these talks in your hospital gown, Lee, is that the only thing you're wearing, or is that a secret? <laughs> well, if you, uh, I'll tell you, if you go to my website, which is leetomlinson.com, which is very clever, right? Lee Tomlinson, T-O-M-L-I-N-S-O-N.com. We've got a bunch of videos uh, of my, a number of my um, keynote addresses. Go look at one and find out for yourself. By the end of it, you will know clearly what it is I was wearing underneath it. So I'm not going to tell you. You got to go watch one of the Thank videos. <laughs> yeah, but you will. Thank you you will didn't, know didn't without give a doubt. It away, like nope, nope, not telling. You got to. And then, in fact, Good. that's Those, one of the first questions yeah. I ask everybody. It's because I walked out of this, and it's like, and it's funny because after I did a TED talk in my gown, I realized that people <laughs> that was that's the first thing they wanted to know. So it's like okay. If you think I'm wearing boxes under this, raise your hand. Okay, some people. If you were, if I, you think I'm wearing briefs, raise your hand. Okay. If you think maybe just maybe I'm going commando and I've got nothing under here, and the whole room raises their hands, it's like okay, good. Those of you who raise your hands, thinking that, let's go tonight after the conference. Let's go party. We're gonna have some fun. <laughs> So anyway, that's that's my secret. But you can find out if you watch one of my keynote addresses. Good. And I recommend them to people there. They are very well done. And like I said Thank before, you. I'm really glad you're putting out a documentary. I really think this needs to come out. I want to. I do, uh, too. I do I, too, because we need to reach more than just healthcare workers. I mean, my goal is to reach all 22 million healthcare workers, because that's where my realization of the scientifically proved healing properties of compassion it's because of that last experience that I've learned all of that. But there's also a world that is desperate for connection and we are genetically bred as human beings. We are 
we have uh, compassion embedded in our genes. If a baby is born and isn't given physical contact, they will literally shrivel and die. And so will we as kids, adolescents, and adults. And the fact that we've been so physically separated for the last 18 months and ongoing makes us crazy. So, I mean, and I use that term literally, makes us, so all of the discord and um, disagreement and violence and anger and hate that's coming out now, a significant portion of that has been caused by our lack of compassionate connection. So I'm open to any other ideas, but when you take a look at the enormous uh, health benefits, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, not to mention financially if it's a business, that come from the expression of and the reception of compassion, it's the most powerful, cheapest healing agent on the face of the planet. And it's so powerful on a mental, physical, and emotional basis that the World Health Organization has said that being treated in a compassionate environment must be integral to provide the best, quickest outcomes for patients. So um, the problem is only 50% of us ever get any. So we need to remind healthcare professionals to love themselves enough, to stay healthy enough, to be able to be the compassionate self that they were when they got into medicine and have through the system and the work and all that lost over time. Well, I'm, I'm thinking of so many things. So, you know, I'm a, a Reiki practitioner as well as a, as a, I do all kinds of uh, vibrational frequency work yes. and things yes. like that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm also a mental health counselor for the state of Washington. So I've been doing a lot oh. this past year. Yeah. Wow. But years ago, I did uh, Reiki in the hospital and they called me a compassionate care worker. And um, the the thing that I discovered, and of course, many other people practice Reiki and, and compassionate things like that. Um, but often um, just the uh, being with the person, being directly with them, looking at them, talking to them, um, doing my energy work, whether above the body or on the body, would be almost too much for them and they would cry. And this is vitally important for us to recognize each other as humans, as people that are here. And like you said, those studies on touch, the the young and the elderly, if they're not touched, they cease to thrive. And I'm here to tell you, we've all been ceasing to thrive. Like I have people that say, Loretta, I just can't wait to see you. I need a hug, right? I just need a hug. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I can remember um, when I was maybe 10, I'd had my thumb pulled off and I was having, you know, a bunch of surgeries to try and make me one because uh, Dr. Ashley kept saying, um, you know, we got to make you a thumb. If you don't have a thumb, you're, you're not, you know, you're just an ape, you know, you haven't got, you haven't got to have a thumb. I got to make you a new one. Anyway, so after about 10 operations, he comes into my room uh, the night before a surgery, my parents had already left. And um, he just says, okay, well, it's great to see you. How you doing? Everything cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he goes, okay, well, tomorrow when we um, remove your toe, uh, we'll take off the skin, take off the nail. Wait, what? 
I've already lost a thumb. I got scars all over me from the, I already can't play. Now you're going to cut off my toe and I won't be able to walk or run. And I start to cry. I mean, in front of this family, I'm starting to cry because like, wait, I'm going to have no thumb. I'm going to have no toes. I'm going to, and he stops and puts his hand on my arm to connect with me and says very quietly, Lee, I promise you, I'm so sorry that I didn't tell you and your parents didn't. I didn't know that because a lot of times I just didn't want to know what the next procedure was. Like, just do it. So he said, I apologize. Let me tell you, I guarantee that given a little time, you'll be able to run as much as you ever did. So don't worry about it. I'm so sure of it. I would give you my toe if I thought your body would accept it, but it won't. So we have to use yours. But I guarantee I that was 60 years ago. I will remember that kindness and that touch of his hand on my arm. It literally stopped my fear. It stopped my crying. And I knew that the man would do anything to make me healthy and reassured me. So the power of human touch is not imaginary. There are immense amount of studies that that is one way to connect with and express your compassion and caring for another is by human touch. So it's powerful stuff. It is not woo woo. It is real. Yeah, it is no question. Very real. I'm also thinking of an incident because I, I, I want to bring this into kind of the living level of life for people too. Um, mm-hmm. Years ago, I went to my 20 year high school reunion and um, I can remember- no, you're not yeah. that old. No. <laughs> that was just last year, right? <laughs> yes, of course, yes. yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but um, I remember like, I wasn't all that excited about going. And then at the last minute I thought, oh, I'll just go ahead and go. And when I was there, this woman comes up to me and she took me by the hand and looked me straight in the eye. And she said, I came here hoping you'd be here. And I was like, I'm looking at her and honestly did not remember. Had no clue. Yeah, right. No clue. Right. No clue. And, um, you know, I moved a lot as a child and only went to that that high school for two years. Right. And um, she said, you saved my life. And I go, I did. Like, what did I do? And she said, you have no idea. I had a locker next to yours and um, I was having a very hard time at home and I thought I wanted to kill myself. And she goes, I came to school and you would always say, hello, how are you? I hope you have a nice day. And you would smile at me and look me straight in the eye. And she goes, you you changed my life. And she Uh. goes, when I was wanting to kill myself, she goes, your face came in front of me with that smile. And I went, oh my gosh. Yeah. So we never know that moment. Like you said, that kiss, that smile, that act of kindness, that moment of compassion, we never know. Yeah. Well, I, the exact same experience that I had with that doctor pal who came to visit me after my uh, stay in the hospital from hell. There's a story that I read to that point which was about a fellow who wrote a suicide note. And he said, I'm going to walk to the bridge and jump unless I make eye contact with one human being. They found his body the next day. That means he walked, whether it was 10 feet or a thousand or a mile, whatever, 
he came in contact with humans, none of whom even noticed his existence. All it would have taken is exactly what you gave to that woman, which is a look, a nod, which says, I see you. You are valuable. Good to see you and be in the human race with you. That's all it takes. It's a second. And just that is huge. At least it connects us. Yeah. At least you see me. I exist. I, in that hospital, felt like I had vanished and like they wanted me to vanish. So compassion is very simple. People think, well, it's too you know, wishy-washy. It's too cute. It's too cutesy. It's too... No, it's not. It has hundreds and hundreds. There's a book called Compassionomics, which um, summarizes hundreds and hundreds of studies about compassion to find out whether it actually has significant, measurable medical, mental, physical, and emotional and spiritual benefits. The guys who wrote it um, are brilliant. Uh, two doctors research went into it thinking it didn't. That was a nice thing. If you could be nice to your patients, it'd be cool. But yeah, it didn't matter much in terms of the outcome. They came out of it 180 degrees in the opposite direction, saying not only is it absolutely integral and a must for the best, quickest outcomes for patients, it also helps heal the provider. And so it's a win-win for everybody, unquestionably. And it only takes a moment. You don't have to buy people a new car. You don't have to put their kids through college. You don't have to pay their mortgage. I mean, that stuff's nice. I mean, I hope somebody will do it for me one day. But you don't need to go to that trouble. It can be a simple nod of the I see, even with a mask on, yes. without a smile. They can't even yeah. see it. Yeah. People can see smiles in your eyes. You know, if you smile at someone and they can't see the smile, they'll feel it. And that's all it takes. I'm alive. I'm important enough to take a moment of their time to have them give it to me. That's what compassion is. And every one of them has that same healing quality on the recipient and the giver. Yes. You know, the old saying, you want to be happy? Uh, no, excuse me. You want to make somebody happy? Be kind. You want to be happy? Be kind. And now that is science typically proven beyond a shadow of a doubt. Both of those are true. I I love that so much, especially what you said about the masks, because, oh, goodness, last year, somewhere along the line, you know, we're, we're doing good. And it, it, everybody's talking about we're covering up, you know, most of our face. And then some people are wearing sunglasses in this, right? And so I purposely began to look at people, right? Yes. And like, and, and look at them and look at them until they look, look at me, right? Because people can feel that. And then I would smile yes. at them or nod at them and it would, it, it changes things, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because we're desperate for it. It's, it's medicine. I mean, it, yeah. for lack of a better word, it's healing medicine. It releases it, you know, for patients or well, for humans. Look, everybody's got pain. Everybody, whether you're in a hospital or not. And compassion um, lowers your mental, physical, and emotional pain. It strengthens your immune system. It increases your will to live, as it did with your friend or your, 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 the, the woman in high school. Yes. Um, 
It lowers your need for uh, addictive pain relievers. It, um, I did, I say it strengthens your immune system. It does all of those. And, oh, and it releases oxytocin. So you actually feel better regardless of your circumstances. That's powerful stuff for a glance and a smile or a touch or an open of a door or a help with a package or those kind acts always relieve some pain for the person who receives it. And it makes you feel better too. And not only that, think about this. You want to make the world a better place? For every kind act you do in the book, uh, Compassionomics, it says it as well. And I have no relationship. I'm not trying to sell them, but it's a great book. Um, I wish they'd come out with it sooner. I wouldn't have had to read all those studies myself. <laughs> but uh, to learn them. Um, but the simple fact is, is that those benefits are so measurable, they can literally be the difference medically between life and death. That's how powerful it is. And you have that power to do as well. So it's not the size of the gift. It's how many of them you give and get at the same time. And then once that happens, the person has been scientifically proven. When they get a kind act, there's a high probability they will give a kind act to someone else soon thereafter, who then will give a kind act to someone soon thereafter. So it has this ripple effect. Mm -hmm. So when people think, you know, oh, the world sucks and I'm not in government, I don't have billions of dollars, I can't do anything. Well, we can either sit around and complain about things or we can do something. Well, what can you do? Be kind, be kind, be kind. Sounds simple, but if it was easy, we would all be because that's our natural selves. When we were cavemen and women, and Tyrannosaurus considered us lunch. <laughs> the only way we survive, you could be the strongest, you know, survival of the strongest. No, it was survival of the nicest who could go to their other cave people and say, um, I noticed you had one of your people, uh, family members eaten last night. Uh, so did I. How about this? When you go to sleep tonight, I'll watch over you. And how about if uh, when I go to sleep, you do the same? And we formed communities that were harder for tyrannosauruses to break into. That's how we survived and thrived. And if there ever was a time when the world needs that power of positivity and kindness, medically proven to benefit mental, physical, and emotional well-being of the giver, and receiver, it's now. Yes. It's now. No, no doubts about it. If you got a better answer, Tell me I'm in because the world needs it. This is how I can make a difference by committing to not just sit around pissing and moaning, but to do intentional kind acts. And in fact, if you don't mind me mentioning this, no. if you go to my website, if you want to get a free copy of the book, go to my website, which is leetomlinson.com. said that nine times. Don't mean to repeat it. Go there and take what we call the Compassion Heals challenge. See, all this talk is just talk unless we do something to put it into action. So the challenge is this. You commit by signing up and you need to sign up. Uh, we're not going to sell you information. We're not going to sell you anything. Just sign up and agree that for one week, you will do one intentional on purpose kind act a day for seven straight days. 
It can be give a dollar to a homeless person, help somebody with the door, um, serve food at a, at, at a, a soup kitchen. It doesn't matter, whatever it is, one a day, seven days. At the end of it, when you complete it, we'll give you a free digital copy of my book. So if you want to save some money and not go to Amazon to buy it, just take the challenge. Do the world some good. Put some of your goodness into the, into the world that needs the healing and get a free copy of the book at the same time. I mean, how's that for a good deal, right? I, so, I, love, I love this so much. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. listen, I want the world yeah. to be better. I got to live in it and so do you. So let's get together, <laughs> figure out how we can sur survive these tyrannosaurs that are now starting <laughs> to eat us and uh, survive like we did um, 25 million years ago. Um, when I, I was in grammar school 25 million years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was right there with you, I think, anyway. No, so I don't the, think so. The, the yeah. Compassion Heals Challenge. I yes. highly I highly recommend people do it. You know, I'm thinking while you're talking, you know, and, and like I said, a, a Reiki practitioner for, you know, almost 30 years. And wow. one of the, we, we have a practice in Reiki where we do five, we do a little meditation and we say the five Reiki principles every day and meditate on them with intention. And the, the fifth one is just for today, I will be kind yes. to every living creature beginning with myself. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. You can't do it. Look, if you're like, when you see these shootings, nobody who is on purpose, generally happy, um, leading a fulfilling life, you know, they never go to malls and start shooting people. Only people who are so disconnected and feel invisible and are in excruciating pain do that. Everybody has pain. It's just a matter of how much. All of us could use the healing power of compassion. I don't care how good your life is. When someone demonstrates the fact that you're important enough to be kind to, it makes you feel better, even more so. Yeah. So why not? We can all be physicians and we can all help heal the world. Simply human kindness is the answer. It is. Um, can you uh, speak uh, just a little bit about burnout? Burnout. Yeah. People, yeah. And how to, how to, yeah. some ideas regarding that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's, again, one of my talks is Burnout Back to Brilliance, uh, one of my keynotes. So what I discovered was that I'd had an absolute mess for the five years before I went to my ENT to get my allergy medicine. And uh, I'd had some criminal partners, uh, a lawsuit with them um, uh, to get them out of the business. Then I had a lawsuit with Lehman Brothers for a whole nother reason. Then they went bankrupt. Then the crash. I mean, my life was a mess. And I was running around 20 hours a day trying to figure out how to put all the pieces back together and not taking care of myself. So when I started looking at compassion and what prevents it in healthcare, which is largely burnout yes. of the people who practice it, and I read the description, I realized um, that was me. Uh, I was that insensitive, unkind, uh, unconscious jerk um, just before I got cancer. So 
is there any connection between burnout and cancer? And the answer, did it cause it? No. Did it contribute to it? Absolutely, because it lowers your immune system. You know, when you're in that much pain and anger and all of that, it literally lowers your ability to fight the cancer cells that all of us have in our body. So it contributed to it. But realizing that I was burned out, I now talk about how to recover from it and return from burnout to joy um, in that talk. And what I found is, is that, number one, you have to be willing to admit you're burned out. And most people who are burned out are ashamed that they're, I'm strong. I, I've, I've done, you know, eight years of medical school or nursing school. I've, you know, done millions of patients. I, I can handle, no, you can't. Guys, I, I was a professional athlete, marathon, I mean, the healthiest guy you ever knew. When I got burned out, it nearly killed me. You don't want to go through that. So number one, be loving enough yourself to admit that you are burned out. Number two, get help. Yes. Get help, get help, get help, get help. I understand you think you can do it on your own. I understand you think you weren't burned out to begin with. Now that you've admitted it to yourself, get help. It's hard enough with help to deal with the issues that got you to burn out, resolve them and come back healthier. To do it on your own is borderline impossible. So that's number two. And number three is, and, and there's more steps, so I'm not gonna go into all of them, but number three is get clear again as to what your purpose is in life. And once you decide Again, what that is, commit to it yeah. fully and completely. And if your commitment, if you're in healthcare, is no longer to being in healthcare and healing people that way, love yourself enough to leave and do something else. And if it is, and you're healthy again, go back to your patients and be kind, caring, and compassionate for both of you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lee. We are down to the last little bit. The Darn. I know it went by really fast. Wow. I, this was I, fast. Yeah, it was. It was crazy fast. And uh, so Lee has so much out there. His book, Lee Tomlinson, by the way, Patient Lee, Compassion Heals from Self-Care to Health Care. And also your Compassion Heals Challenge, Yep. right? Yep. And um, LeeTomlinson.com. Take it and get a free book. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Do do uh, compassionate things every day for people. I think it will. Seven days. Change That's all we're asking. Yeah. Yep. And you. And yes. you. Yes. And Absolutely. You. All right. Thank you so much. And this is Loretta Brown. Have a great week. Light a candle on Saturday and do something compassionate. So much love. Bye now.